and I think that there is the words that I get peace, um, peace of mind, uh, joy, just a, a sense of relief that comes from being able to make some some decisions. You hope that they won't come to pass and you're not necessarily rushing towards that end, but there is something empowering in going through the process and, and, and deciding mm-hmm. and letting that be. Our guest today is Ifoma Ibikwe, affectionately known as Ify. As the founder and principal attorney of Ibikwe Law, Ify believes that every woman deserves to make decisions that affect her. A woman can accomplish these decisions with wills, trusts, and other estate planning documents. Emboldening women is Ify's calling. And she's also passionate about speaking about entrepreneurship and supporting other women. She's an evangelist. And when she's not spending time with her remarkable husband and her four-spirited children, she loves to run her book club. And she also is just prolific when it comes to empowering women about their decisions. Welcome, Ify Ibikwe. Welcome to the Abundant Living Podcast, where we have conversations dedicated to faith, finances, and living the fulfilled life you were designed for. We are your hosts, Wesleya Eccles and Willa Williams, co-founders of Trinity Financial Coaching. Every week, we focus on financial transformation in four phases so you can manage your money confidently, love life, and live abundantly. This is the blueprint so your financial situation doesn't pull your focus from your God-given ability to produce wealth. If you would like to receive the blueprint, go to www.mytfcoach.com forward slash blueprint. Again, that's www.mytfcoach.com forward slash blueprint. If you are building your financial future, you are in the right place. Subscribe, rate, review, and share with your friends and family. Now let's get started. And today we are here with Ifoma Ibekwe. She is an estate planning attorney and an evangelist. One thing that I truly love is that on our podcast, we're able to host uh, guests who are not only professionals, but they are also lovers of God. And we love that. Thank you so much for being here with us. And we are going to call you Ify. We know that you love that name as well. That's so good. welcome, Ify. Thank you welcome. both so much for having me. I'm not sure if I'm supposed to be speaking at this point. I'll throw, throw in my thank you. You are. You are, are supposed to be speaking at this point. Now, we have talked a little bit offline. And we talked about what is your legacy? And we think that uh, today we're going to expound on that. And I understand that you work with women specifically or mostly women specifically. Is that true? I market to women as the the entry point. But honestly, I would say that my clientele is 50-50 because 
women are often married to men and have <laughs> children and have parents. And so it brings in everyone. But I, I, I just realized that in law, you don't find people specifically speaking to women. It's a person mm. or a family. And very rarely do you see a firm that says, hey, I want to help women. Because I know if you help a woman, she's going to help everybody that's connected to her. And that has Correct. been the truth in my practice. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I love that because when you're marketing to women, like you say, you're gathering and getting more reach yes. when, than when you're just dealing with uh, marketing to men. So thank you for that. Uh, now, in one of the practices that you do as an estate planner Mm-hmm. is to specifically work with women regarding establishing uh, estate planning for a legacy. Why don't you talk about that a little bit? Yes. You know, I, I this is a subject I could talk about until the cows come home. But <laughs> honestly, when you look at statistics, when it comes to estate planning, just having a will in the United States, in the United States is something that 70% of people don't have. That's a staggering statistic. Yeah, it's actually quite shocking when it comes to the black community. For example, the studies have shown that that's up to 80 percent in post COVID. It's got to be worse. Um, And an estate plan is kind of the umbrella of the whole process. Right. A lot of people are like estate. I don't have an estate. Think of yourself as an estate. We all have an estate, which is comprised of anything we own and decisions that affect our health. So everybody's got an estate that has to be settled in some way. Either you put down instructions for doing so, or you let the state decide because every state has a scheme for dealing with you, whether it's with your property, if you don't leave instructions or with your healthcare decisions, if you don't write them down. And so that is the entire estate planning practice is basically life planning, getting your ducks in a row, planning for your children, planning for the worst case scenarios, because it's not only death. Everyone talks about a will, but there's a lot that has to do with incapacitation as people live longer, that happens. So that's my background. All that to say, I wanted to approach estate planning from a woman's perspective, because I think there is such an emotional component. And I hate that to, to make it seem like women are emotional. I'm not saying that, but you find that it is easier sometimes to tap into that emotion in a way that inspires action um, when it comes to many women. And that's what I, I decided, you know, hey, God, I'm going to try this and I'm going to say things boldly and I'm going to encourage this woman to do it because I know she will drag her community and her family and her coworkers to do it as well. And it does work. I I like that you say that you market to women, but I think there are other reasons why it's also very important because women are four times, supposedly women are four times likely to become widowed. Mm-hmm. There, We are living longer. Yes, than men, for sure. Yeah. Also, it's a statistic that says that women are more than ever after being divorced or choosing not to marry, remarry. Oh, absolutely. absolutely. So there are all these dynamics, I think, for women specifically that um, makes us need to understand estate planning even more so. And you're right. You We need to take intentional actions because for me personally, I've seen women matriarchs in my family who were not prepared Mm -hmm. when my grandfather passed my grandmother 
knew nothing. She didn't even know how to write the bills to pay the mortgage. My uncle literally had to step up and step in Mm -hmm. as my grandfather, as her husband, to make sure that all of these things were handled because she didn't know anything. Yeah. And I don't I don't that's not good. That's not a good place to be. And I liked you have started doing some research about all these things that were happening to women in the past as causing us to even sit in some of these situations that we're in now. What we don't know isn't something that happened because we just didn't want to know it. Some of this is just historically. Yes. Things just were not um, made with us in mind and laws just weren't written with us in mind. Mm -hmm. And I think as a default, we just, fall to the back and it's like well we'll just deal with it when we have to deal when with it, it happens or to when us, it happens right. Right. right or my family will deal with it when it happens to them right right to your point i've recently switched my messaging because i think i was tiptoeing around the obvious i've been doing a lot of market research um to talk to women who I think should have estate plans and find out what some of the reasons were for their delay. And you always hear certain things. It's on my list. I know I need to do it. I'm so embarrassed that I haven't done it. I feel so ashamed that I haven't planned for my children. It seems irresponsible. It's just all this blame. I'm really unclear about what it means. And if you think about it, if something was broken in your house, like your dishwasher and you don't have a handy person in your family, It's no thing to think I'm going to call somebody and help me with Mm -hmm. this. Or if your car breaks down, you're not like, you know what? I got to get on YouTube and start fixing this. I got to get a mechanic certification to even have a I'm so embarrassed. I don't know about my timing belt. If you break your leg, you're not going to be like, I'm so embarrassed that (laughs) I never learned how to put a cast on. There's a reason that you would. In that sense, I I just kept thinking, what's the disconnect in going to find help for something that you know that you're unclear about? And so I started going back and thinking, where is this coming from? Why is shame the thing? Why is it that there are so many brilliant business owners and um, entrepreneurs and doctors and lawyers who are like, I'm just so unclear and I was like, that can't be right. It mm. seems real solvable. There's an answer. <laughs> Just like yeah, you Google yeah. anything, you can find out how to do this or even be curious enough to go figure out like the next step. And so I started going back and back and back and back and back. And I love history. And I started pulling up all these historical reasons that you find women who who are extremely capable all, all of a sudden just Uh, with hands tied about making a decision. And um, in a lot of the couples that I have, I I started to notice, you know, uh, women would come in and they'd say, you know, my husband doesn't want to do it, but I really feel like we have to do something for our kids. Or I really feel like I have to do it because my mom just passed away and I don't want to leave my kids like she left me. Right. Mm -hmm. And so that's where that whole concept of that post that I posted on coverture. And it's this idea that women are property. Right. We don't have agency historically unless under the covering of a man, either your father and then your husband Mm -hmm. and how the the legacy of that affects so many aspects of our lives, even what we think about making decisions. Right. It's the man that should lead in that decision-making because that's not your place, 
right? And historically, women couldn't even make that decision for themselves. And so it's this intellectual black hole that I've fallen into where I'm trying to think, where's this coming from? Why isn't this like this? And and then even just historically, you know, we don't have an equal rights amendment that says a man is equal to a woman in America. So sometimes mm-hmm. when you have laws and you're wondering, Oh, for example, under until Obamacare in 2010, we didn't get the same rates for insurance as a man would for the same product. It's true. Right. It's true. Why is that? Do you know what I mean? And so these are things in our lifetime just a decade ago. <laughs> right. I wouldn't have questioned. I didn't even know that until I started doing this research. And you Mm -hmm. see a lot of these inequalities. And so one of the ways I've really tried to encourage women is just show them these things that that are shocking to me. And you're like, wait a minute, that's affecting me too. (laughs) What else is it affecting in my life? Because before I can start telling you what you need for your estate plan, you have to understand why you feel so disempowered. It's a systemic thing. There's a legacy of disempowering women in this country because the assumption is that you should have a a husband. And if you don't have a husband, you should have a father. And if you don't, what is your worth really, right? Mm. And so I love working with women who are in spaces where they're like, I'm a whole person, you know, created in God's image and I can make decisions too. And so that's where I've been. I love that. And it's interesting that you said that. And I'm not, I don't don't mean to seem to be like I'm jumping all over the place, but I just thought about something when you talked about women being whole and making these decisions. And, Mm -hmm. um, I know women are making decisions even about their future, like with harvesting eggs and because they aren't married right now. My friends do that. Right. And so I'm curious to know, how does that even um, fall into the estate plan? Like what should they be doing? And yeah, I I have, I know people who have done that. And so my question is, how do you protect that? Is, are there something that, is there something you should do? You, you have these future babies that. Yeah. Well, you know, I, I potential babies. Or, right. Yeah. So I have I have heard of people getting divorced and having to litigate whether or not those um, I think they're embryos at that point should be. Actually, I'm not sure. It could be eggs. They're, they're, eggs, just eggs. they're just eggs. Yeah. They're just eggs. They're not fertilizers. Mm-hmm. Eggs right. should be destroyed or if they can continue, right, with one of the parents who mm-hmm. wants to have a child in the future. For estate planning, I don't go that granular, but I have okay. had many clients who do IVF on their own oh, yeah. with mm-hmm. an anonymous donor. So it's not a situation where there is a, a um, known father in the situation at all. And I've had several, you know, women who of a particular age or stage in life where they're, this is what we're going to do. And I want you to plan. And we've even planned before that baby is born. And there are certain things that you can do, whether that's talking with a doctor to make sure that even if, um, you know, cause in a birth, there are so many risks, but you want to still make sure that child inherits if they, if they survive, right. Worst case Correct. scenario. So there are ways to plan for that. And there's language to use for that so that you can prepare for that afterborn child with specificity. And mm-hmm. that's the beauty of not going to do it yourself at, you know, <laughs> legal zoom. Right. 
because that's a nuance, okay? And that takes skill to figure out how to make sure that we describe your child by when you were inseminated or whatever the procedure is with the doctor's certification so that if there's ever a dispute, you can prove it up that these were your, this was your intention, right? This is what you needed to do. And so I have, um, I've had clients like that in the past where we've creatively thought of ways that we can describe that this is your wish and make sure that it's documented and supported in as many ways as possible. And then the other side of it is, um, when you have someone in a situation, uh, and I call it like a modern parenting situation, mm -hmm. there are different things you need to do as a single woman entering into that, right? Whether you decide to have children on your own, there isn't a, a default person that's going to get your kids if something happens to you. Because there's no other custodial parent, likely, right? Unless there right. is that exactly. has adopted. But if you're truly on your own, which is so common, I can't even begin to tell you, even in my friends' lives, that this is a very normal and common option that women are taking. And so you have to plan for that thinking, who, who, what, if something happens to me, who next? Who, who does my child go to? Who does my house go to? Because again, under coverture, you're not supposed to be a whole and complete person in this system. You're supposed to have a man who is your cover, hence the word coverture, yeah. so that you have the laws are defaulted to that. That's why we have community property laws in Texas and 13 states in the US, right? Because the presumption is, well, the man should have half of that or your spouse should own part of that. But if you don't fit in that system, estate planning helps you to put down your own rules mm -hmm. so that you can figure out what should happen with your anything. <laughs> I'm glad well, you I said love that. that. Because estate planning would allow you to put your intentions down wherever yes. you want, whatever it is you own, what you expect to own, whoever it is that you wouldn't want to have those things, you can document it and make sure that that particular item, person, piece of property, whatever it is, goes to uh, your intended yes. um, designee. Yeah, absolutely. And I think that there is the words that I get, peace, um, peace of mind, uh, joy, just a, a sense of relief that comes from being able to make some some decisions. Mm -hmm. You hope that they won't come to pass and you're not necessarily rushing towards that end, but there is something empowering in going through the process and, and, and deciding mm -hmm. and letting that be for a season or however long until you make another change. Well, I think it is really important because I'm thinking recently we've had some deaths in our families for some females. Mm -hmm. And although there have been wishes that have been communicated, those wishes had not been documented. And there were some disputes as a result of that. So it shows to the importance of getting that estate planning done. Yeah. And to that point, a lot of people say, well, I already told my sister or my kids know what I want to do. <laughs> yeah, That's yeah. not how it works. That is not a legally enforceable um, distribution of your assets or just just your anything. It could just be uh, grandma's tablecloth that could break <laughs> apart a family or they yeah. thought that they were going to get, you know, daddy's Bible, whatever it is. 
that's what people fight over. They're not fighting over hundreds of thousands of dollars, but families are being yeah. broken up over a $5,000 bank account. And you know who's winning and all of that? The lawyers that are you don't want to take that to litigation. You don't want the house to fall to property uh, back taxes because you can't yeah. agree and, and you can't split a house three ways. It, it doesn't make any sense. And people always worry about the money aspect of it. But the toll in the destruction of a family, that's biblical. You know, think about all the stories of birthright being stolen and what <laughs> yeah. that has done yeah. or who, you know, Ishmael and, and mm-hmm. Isaac. That's all estate planning. OK, all of it is <laughs> inheritance issues and claims right to who owns it. And it, it just doesn't make any sense because this is since the beginning of time and yeah. people continue to fight over it. And only the lawyers win. Because they're like, we'll handle it. You pay them (laughs) and you may pay them with your estate in certain states. You know, it's funny that you said that because it's either (laughs) we we talked to another attorney and she said, either you pay a little bit at the beginning (laughs) or you pay a whole lot more at the end. Mm -hmm. Yes. Mm -hmm. Especially if it's a mess. Yes. And especially yes. if a lawyer or the state get a certain percentage of the value of your estate as their fee. Mm, mm, mm. Yeah, I don't know what it is about that number is still staggering to me. That 70 percent of of African-Americans or, or people in the black community. Do I not think it's have 80 their, or 80. Wow. Mm-hmm. Do not have their affairs in order. And it's. You have to start somewhere, even if you feel like you don't have assets to get to, to, to you know to have a trust but there's still things that you can do with so that the passing of those assets is much smoother than going through probate can you talk about that a little bit yes i mean there's so many things you should do no matter where you are if you feel like you have absolutely nothing which is a reason that people just close their ears to this subject just yeah. think about what you need if there was an emergency and you needed someone to help you, right? And even if you start with health directives, no one is the default person to make medical decisions for you, right? I was talking to one of my friends who's a nurse. She's also a lawyer and she was in the Bronx during the height of COVID. Mm. And she was saying how many people came in there with no medical directive. Remember, you couldn't have your person in there with you. Mm-hmm. And they had no instructions and they had the hospital ethics boards deciding who went on ventilators, which yeah. escalated many deaths. Right. At the very beginning, remember, they didn't know. Right. You know, going on a ventilator was really bad because it was spread the COVID throughout your whole system. Mm-hmm. But those decisions were being made by an ethics board because they didn't have anyone to confer with, right? Because they try and find your person, but with volumes of people, and that's a very heightened situation, but that's just an example of it is to your benefit to have a person, whether that's your spouse or your sister or your mom, who can be your medical point of contact if there's an emergency. And that helps because if you're incapacitated, you can't make any decisions for mm-hmm. yourself. So I think, that's one thing. I think COVID, if not any, if 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 no other event has raised awareness of having your at least your medical affairs in order, 
no one anticipated this to happen. No. And so now that it has, we can't sit down and take this role. Well, like this was one of those things. No, you need to have that. And you're right. If no one could be in there with you, I don't mm-hmm. want an ethics board making a no. decision for me. You should, you should have clear conversation with people. Absolutely. Can. And it that's someone's mom. That's someone's brother. That's someone's father. And it's like, oh, well, we got volume. We need beds. Uh, No, no, not on my life. Mm -mm. You need to call somebody that knows me, not just me on this bed. Mm -hmm. Right. So that they can be like, no, no, we don't want that. Right. Or call their doctor and confer and have a second opinion. Something. Yes. And that is no matter how much money you have, that's invaluable. That is priceless okay exactly. and so those are health decisions also for finance financial decisions if you're incapacitated you can't pay your rent i had a client who ended up getting her financial planning done um she excuse me she got her financial power of attorney done which mm-hmm. allows you to appoint someone to on a limited or a broad basis make financial decisions for you in texas it's if you're incapacitated or if you're just out of town right or unavailable Mm. and so you can say who that is she went in for a routine chemo and had a complication that ended up making her stay in the hospital for two months guess what happens in two months when you own a home and the bank owns it as well your mortgage is due exactly yeah she was in a coma and no one had access to any of her accounts. Mm. And she just thought, oh, my gosh, I could have lost my house. I wasn't planning to go in there and not come out. And so the first thing she did, because she was single, was got her brother to have immediate powers to, to pay her bills for her and have access to her accounts because the alternative was just inconceivable. Mm-hmm. And so... Um, Those are things that you can do just to put your wishes down and have someone help you. And then even if you rent, even if you have student loan debt, which I do, um, and all the excuses, you're not a Hilton or uh, Kanye West or a Kardashian. I mean, like you're looking at estates like Lands and Rockefellers, but you're in a state, you have an estate, right? Mm -hmm. So even in that, if you look around your room, I'm I'm looking at I have art on the wall. There's a crib over there. There's a bed. I got plants. I got a camera stand art on the, you know, behind me. Who is going to manage all of that when you pass away? Whose job is it? Who do you want to help you close that all down? You know, do you want them to sell it and split it amongst two people or five people or give it to your nieces and nephews? Write it down. You need an asset distribution document, right? Even if it's personal belongings, somebody likes that purse. Somebody might want your clothing if that's your thing or Mm -hmm. shoes. These are just the starts. But if you can start normalizing that someone is going to have to deal with it and it's my responsibility to make it as easy as possible, that's the first step. That 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 is excellent because when I think about some of the folks who have told me why they don't want to have estate plans, it's because I don't want to think about that. Mm-hmm. I don't want to think about dying. Yeah. But when you speak about the medical power of attorney and uh, you know knowing what their wishes are if they're incapacitated, that's important. Now, I know you can go to the hospital and and when you go in and maybe you have outpatient surgery or something, they'll ask you if you have one Mm -hmm. and sometimes they'll give it to you. But some people would just think, okay, that's just because of the hospital. I've gotten that. I don't need to do anything else. I don't 
own a lot of money in the bank. Mm-hmm. I don't have a big car. I don't have a big house. And they think that they've done all they needed to do. But I'm glad that you're expressing that every single asset that you have, the painting on the wall, the pillow, the mm-hmm. favorite um, shawl that grandma or grandpa had, that Bible. We all have a family Bible. We all got the big giant Bible, weigh about 35 pounds. We all have that. And somebody and wants it. Somebody yes. wants it. <laughs> yes. And you need to make sure that you, if you desire someone to have it, you need to document that. And the yes. estate planning is that first step toward making that happen. And then it after that, let them know that that's what you're doing. Whether you sit everybody down and say, here's what I'm deciding to do. This is my wish and I'm having it documented legally because I don't want you tearing each other apart over this said Bible. I'm giving it to Johnny because he is the (laughs) minister of the family, whatever, right? Mm -hmm. It doesn't have to be worth a lot of money, but who do you want to have the emotional burden of closing down your whole life? I mean, think about it. There are parents who are hoarders. Do you know the emotional toll it takes to clean up after someone passes away, someone you love, and then go through all of their stuff? It builds resentment. It builds all kinds of anger and sadness to see how sometimes your loved ones were living and you may not have known. Why not give them, you could even say, just call 1-800-JUNK. I'm going to leave you $1,000 to get rid of all of this stuff. It's all I have to my name, but I I don't want you going through it. Right? Mm -hmm. The albums are here. Take those, everything else, dump it. There are people who can do that. And that's a gift, right? To give to your family to say, it's uninhabitable. I don't want it. You know, don't waste your time doing it, you know. Mm -hmm. But even when you talk about having a little house or a car, yeah, okay, you don't do anything, but the state has, like I mentioned, a scheme for you, right? An estate plan is already in place for you. You can make up your own or you can have the state decide. (laughs) And when the state decides, if they had a little house, I, I, um, I'm, I'm, my business is based in Austin. I serve the entire state of Texas. I'm expanding it to Arkansas. But in Austin, in the last 20 years since I've been there, it has become one of the hottest places in the world. Not heat wise, but just popularity wise. <laughs> mm-hmm. And so Austin used to be redlined where the black and brown people lived on the east side and the white people lived on the west side. And I 35 was the dividing line of the mm-hmm. city. And it was very strategically done. Those places on the east side guess where they're close to downtown austin they're close to the river they have good lots right before it used to be undesirable when it was a quaint little town but Mm -hmm. now that it's a bustling metropolis guess who wants that land (laughs) grandma's little house that used to be worth eighty thousand dollars is now worth seven hundred thousand dollars just to put something on that land, yes. right? And it's not even a whole lot. It's just a wow. little shotgun house because property is hot like that. They could put a high rise on there mm-hmm. and you could walk to work downtown, right? And so you don't even know the value. When you think of legacy, you don't even know like this useless thing that you weren't pleased with. The floor was creaky, creaky and it was a little leaky. <laughs> for your yeah. grandkid, yeah. planning that for your grandchild, could set them up, right? Even yes. if they rent it out or hold on to it and pay the property tax. So anyway, don't get me started, but things that are value now are different values later. 
And that's part of legacy is the long game. That's you it. may not see it. It may be nothing to you, but for your next generation and for their kids, this could be your gold mine, right? Yeah. Even if you sell it, right? That's an appreciating asset, especially when it's land and property. Yes. And I think that's like that's but that's a conversation that has to be had while there's joy and mm-hmm. love and peace. Yes. yes. In the relationship. Yes. yes. And when you try to have that conversation on, I think they said, I might have heard, I think that's what she told me, in the emotion (laughs) of the loss or in the emotion of the trauma, it's very hard to have that conversation. And then people are making split decisions not listening to someone, you know, you have the hot head, not listening to the person that's more um, mild, logical mm-hmm. or, you know, and it's no, have, I agree. Have the conversation now. Yeah. Have the conversation now. And then if you don't understand the decision, the person is there that can explain why Why? they made the decision that they made so that you can be at peace with it. Because at the end of the day, I think that's what happens. People Mm -hmm. just aren't at peace with the the decision. Yes, yes. And so having people don't want to have the conversation because they know that their family is not going to be at peace with their decisions or want to honor their wishes, or they might feel like they're going to try and sway me away from this decision. And I might break because I just want to keep peace for the moment. Right. Mm -hmm. It's family drama is layered. Okay. Not everyone enjoys a contentious conversation or conflict or, well, daddy, before he died, told me, and now mom, you're saying this, you know, it's loaded, Mm -hmm. but it has to happen because that's going to bubble to the top one way or the other. I actually sit with clients and talk to family as a mediator oh, and, and wow. sit and explain their choices. And there is tension. Let me tell you, people are, are upset that they're not the first choice to do certain things. Mm-hmm. You'd be shocked. It doesn't even matter what it could be. It's like you're the medical power of attorney first and then I'm second, but I'm the <laughs> oldest. So mom, I should be making all the decisions about you or you didn't put me on your financial powers. And they're like, well, you're a gambler. So <laughs> right. I don't want you know, someone who is going to squander or steal from me but addressing that there's so much there that yeah. people are like ah i don't want to deal with that so i like what you're saying so as you are thinking through your estate plan you need to be mindful of who you are choosing to execute your decisions yes their character mm-hmm. yes their integrity their decision-making skills. Their decision-making Timeliness. skills. Yes. <laughs> yes. Do they value what you value? Morals. Yep. Yeah. Okay. All right. Same thing for when you're picking someone to be a guardian for your child, right? Mm-hmm. In Texas, for example, it's not like this in every state, which is why it's so important. You have to speak to a lawyer in your state. The laws are all different. Yeah. That's in important. Texas, you can tell the court, this is who I want to take care of my child physical their physical care and you can even have a separate person to take care of any money that you leave to the care for the care of your child because just because they are warm and cuddly doesn't mean that they're not a gambler right and just because they're good with money doesn't mean that they have any kind of care and warmth in their heart for nurturing children right and so 
they are decisions that have to be made. But then in, on top of that, you may have a, a pretty cold but financially savvy sister who's like, um, of course, I'm getting the kids. And you're like, oh, I would never, I would never <laughs> leave my, right? I would never leave you're my right. babies to you. And so com- communication. And in a, and I actually want to come up with some sort of, a, I don't know, I, I've been talking to, I have a lawyer friend in Australia because we talk about how so much of the reason why estate planners don't estate plan, um, people don't do estate planning is because they feel like it's so robotic, like, oh, I just have to do this paperwork. The harder part of it is I got to open up my mouth and say this. I got to write a letter of intent letting my kids know my desire is that they live like this and they see the world and that they keep in touch with their relatives. If I'm not here, I want them to know these are my morals. And sitting and doing that kind of work is is deep work, you know, and yeah. that is an, a level of introspection where you're trying to think one day I will not be here. And it brings up maybe past traumas and, yeah. and divisions that are petty within your family and trying to navigate that can be very touchy. Now, when I think about questions that our listeners may ask attorneys as they approach them when they want to try to choose an estate planner, you mentioned that the plans are different in every state. So that's going to be something that's easy for them because they're within their state. But you also said, you know, sometimes people think it's just forms, but mm-hmm. we know it's not just forms. You have been so articulate in sharing how you really care mm-hmm. about working with your clients and your estate planning. What kinds of questions do our listeners ask attorneys when they are looking for an estate planner who will be compassionate, who yes. will pull out, you know, the... Um, pull out the real true answers and and give some advice as to who should get what and who is not the best suited to get a certain thing. Absolutely. These are fantastic questions. What kind of questions should they be asked? They should ask things like, you know, I often see lawyers who are like, yeah, I can do your will too. First of all, are they regularly in the estate planning practice or is it something that they just do on the side okay if you see a lawyer that does 10 areas of law that's a red flag because that means that (laughs) estate planning might be something they do once or twice a year so that's the first thing right Mm -hmm. you want to see someone whose focus is on what you need which is estate planning and that is not real estate law that's something different yeah And so don't get it confused just because the estate is in it. Mm -hmm. Um, All right. So in addition to making sure that your attorney is actually in the practice of estate planning, another thing to ask them is what their process entails. People ask me, how long will it take? What do I need to gather? Do I have to get a lot of documents? I don't like to get a lot of documents together. And I always ask them, do you work with a financial planner? Because if you do, I can just get documents for your finances and you can just focus on who your key people are for making decisions on your behalf I can co- collaborate with a financial planner with your permission. Yes. And so you want to know what their process is. In my firm, we have a three meeting process. The first process a meeting is we go through it and we talk about it. We're like, who could inherit that has special needs? It's on disability, mm. um, VA benefits, somebody who is a gambler, somebody who um, owes back child support, who has creditors. 
because we want to make sure that your estate doesn't end up with someone who they're going to have that money just go to pay their bills in arrears if they Those have creditor issues. Yeah, they or are. They're going to go to a relative who is on disability or SSI that can't own more than $2,000 worth of property. And now you're leaving them $10,000 or maybe you're leaving them 5000 and that could bump them out of Medicaid and state benefits. That's the kind of thing that you talk about that a, a robot's not going to do for you online, right? right. Because the cost Good. of that is... Is, it's it's, it's un, un, absolutely will ruin their lives, right? Yes. There are other ways to plan for that, whether that's you put in language for putting up uh, a special needs trust for someone who might be partially disabled or um, actually has special needs of some sort so that you don't disqualify them from state aid. These are the things that we do as a state planner. When we're talking to you, we're not filling out a form. We're walking through your family scenario and the, the ways that this could go wrong and trying to anticipate that. And then in various states, taxes are different. Mm-hmm. So yeah. right now, the federal estate taxes, um, 11, I believe this year, it's $11.7 million, $11.8 million, fiscal year 2021. But there are states that have their own state estate taxes or death taxes or inheritance taxes. I don't know. I know they call it uh, Taxachusetts. Mm-hmm. Massachusetts has a lot of taxes. Yes. yes. Okay. <laughs> that you should not be navigating on your own. And so those are the sorts of things that estate planners yeah. do. We plan for your estate. We plan for your life so we can get as much money as possible to the next generation and as much property un- unencumbered to the next generation and protected so that they don't ruin themselves. You've ever heard that phrase, shirt sleeves to shirt sleeves in three generations, mm-hmm. right? You mm. also don't, even if you have a, a bunch of assets, maybe you have rental properties or life insurance, you don't want to leave that outright to some kids. You know, first of all, you can't because minor has to have someone to have that property. I'm about to post on that, actually. You have, you all of you listening that have designated life insurance (laughs) to your minor children, you must change that. They cannot receive it, right? You have to designate it to someone who can be in custody of that on their behalf, which is another reason to work with financial planners to help you set Mm -hmm. this stuff up. Mm -hmm. Your minor child cannot receive a check for $500,000 from your insurance agent at the age of eight, God forbid <laughs> no. that would ever be oh a reality, but yeah. people have their kids on there as a beneficiary. No. no, instead, you need to make sure that you set up a will with a, either a testamentary trust, which is a trust within your will mm-hmm. or some other type of minor account that that money can go to and be held for them um, and have an adult designated to manage those funds for that child. Or you could do a living trust, which is a standalone um, way of that you can manage money and then later on life insurance can fund it. And these don't have to end when you have minors because you probably don't want to give a 25 year old half a million dollars. <laughs> so there are ways to set it up where someone can be the custodian of that money as a trustee um, and use that asset for their health, their education, their maintenance and support. Mm-hmm. So you want to go and to college here. Great. $40,000 to start your seed money to start a business. Absolutely. Would you like to get into rental properties and this is 
your your down payment? Yes, that's what that can be used for because you don't want them just getting it and being like, you know what? I'm going to go travel the world. That might be wonderful, but you might want to put a cap on that so that they don't end up squandering everything within 18 months. So, yeah. I'm not even sure what the question was. I just started ranting. Oh, no, you're good. I like what you're saying there. That is is making sure that you actually have conversation and communicate with your family and you build relationship and you know one another. Yes. Mm -hmm. Because, um, you know, one of the things that we do with our clients is we ask them to define wealth for themselves and what does that Mm -hmm. look like? And so even as you're doing that and you're and you're accumulating wealth and you're building assets and you're doing all of this, of course, you want to make sure that you have a plan in place for that legacy to transfer. But now have the conversation with that person because you don't know what wealth and what um, living a fulfilled life means for them. And so you can have this idea to say, well, this is for your college fund. And like you said, but oh, no, this person actually is brilliant in business. Yeah, not to say that they shouldn't go to college, but, you know, people take different paths. Absolutely. Or maybe mm -hmm. they go to a trade school. Right. And so you're thinking one thing and they're like, no, that's not what I would use it for. You know what I'm saying? So like my my husband has some he has um, classic uh, hot rod cars. Oh, don't sell his babies. And so, right. And so, but that's not my thing. I don't even drive them. I don't I don't drive them because. Hey, you will never say that a scratch divot ding (laughs) (laughs) happened while I was behind the wheel, right? But then at the same time, I'm like, I would just, I'm looking at it as something that I would be hoarding. Like I I wouldn't do anything with them and they would just be sitting here. He has to give you instructions for what to do. So the best thing that I feel that I can do is to sell them to somebody who would really appreciate them right. and then I can use the, the monies for whatever and mm-hmm. but you know he was like yeah no and my daughters are like well no you know so in that instance I hear what you're saying there is conversation that has to be had because I honestly want to mm-hmm. honor whatever his wishes would be for those yeah um, and then we all need to come into an agreement so that we all have peace at the decision afterwards and um, yeah you have to know your you just have to know your family. You have you to know have to. the people that you're entrusting to to uh, be the executives of your estate. I've had clients who um, have, when I tell you, I have heard every type of family situation. <laughs> I mean, think about it. I have heard of it. There are people around who wow. have been born of it, you know? Mm. And it's everything you can think of that's shocking, mm-hmm. whether I won't even start because I don't yeah. want any of my yeah. old clients yeah. being yeah. like, don't you? I would mm-hmm. never tell their names, but just right. imagine anything that you've seen in a soap opera, Lifetime movie. Mm-hmm. I mean, everything. And okay, let me, can I, if you can, I throw something out there sure. and tell me if you've heard or seen this. A person passes had an estranged relationship with their children mm-hmm. but they had vehicles so now the, they're gone kids want the vehicles but there is um, an insurance policy which has a beneficiary mm-hmm. who's trying to navigate how to give who what no estate planning this situation has been a reality in a family that I know, and it has caused a lot of tension. 
Oh, yeah. In addition to that, the beneficiary passed. In the midst of trying to resolve the um, business of the original death, what do you do in a situation like that where I, I don't think there was a contingent on the insurance policy? It goes to what the do estate. What do you do? Is that, okay. It's unless that person had a, an estate plan, which most people, as you know, do not. Probably don't. That yeah. now is wrapped up in their estate. And so if they receive that as the primary beneficiary, that is theirs. That's why I tell people all the time, when you give money to someone in life insurance, you know what life insurance companies do? They write that check. They direct yeah. deposit it the next business day. I'm not kidding. I've seen clients get their money immediately upon proving that that person is dead. They don't care what your will says, even in that situation. So first of all, in that scenario where that money was left to the beneficiary and then the beneficiary dies, that beneficiary, it has that money as part of their estate now, right? Mm -hmm. For the cars and people coming out of the woodworks for collecting property, (laughs) ain't nothing new about that. And so (laughs) if you don't have an estate plan, like I mentioned before, you do not have any instructions for someone to um, follow, especially the state, then you already defaulted to whatever your state scheme is for, for wow. dealing with your property. And, and wow. it, whether you have a business, it doesn't matter. Now you have no instructions. And so you get what you get, which is whatever the, the state says. So even some of those kids, for example, if there's no spouse in the picture, depending on the state, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. they might get some cars or if they don't get cars, maybe those cars get sold and then they get a percentage as part of that. And maybe that person who had the vehicles had no intention of leaving anything to estranged family members, but you didn't put down any instructions. So now they're going to fight. Now they're going to sell. Now they're going to lose. And now it's going to be like a feeding frenzy because you know what? You Mm -hmm. get cousins of cousins, distant seven times removed trying to, (laughs) inherit something because somebody yeah. died and there wasn't anybody else in line you're next they're like okay what what am i getting <laughs> i've been i that. that for a while <laughs> yeah oh, that's, then, that's then my you, family land you don't even you talk to the another, person you throw another stick in the game and you say well wait a minute there's a lien on this car Ooh, stop. Mm. somebody he owns you know so but they don't think about things like that. What you are helping us with is to really understand the importance of estate planning. Yes. And you know what? Writing it out. In that scenario, the estate plan is the solution, of course, a valid one, one that's signed, executed, not just a draft, Mm -hmm. which I have seen many drafts in my office. (laughs) I'm like, oh, that's a draft. That's nothing. That's not signed, witnessed, notarized, nothing. It's just paperwork. And it means nothing. Um, Mm -hmm. The other side of that scenario you presented with the cars and the beneficiary is now they have to hire an estate planning attorney to do probate for them. Right. And you got to get everybody to agree for who should be closing down the estate. And that part, when you have no instructions, I've had one of those like that. We got 13 heirs. One of them's in prison. One's a minor. Four are estranged from the family. And I'm trying to get who to consent to do what now for closing down this estate. (laughs) Who's going to pay? My bill is due again. (laughs) 
I am trying to find your inmate brother. None of you have spoken to him since he was incarcerated nine years ago. Who's paying for this? It's such a burden, even for the lawyer, much less a lot of heirs who are not, half aren't talking to each other. So, oh boy. So one last question real quick. Can you, what is the difference between an estate planning attorney and a probate attorney? Okay. So estate planning and probate are married, right? Estate planning happens before the death. Probate happens after a death. You want to do estate planning because you have capacity to make decisions. You can set a plan in place. You can fund a trust, etc. Probate is the process of closing down your estate. So Mm -hmm. we take those instructions if you've given them to us. If not, we follow state instructions and use that in order to distribute your property, pay taxes, pay creditors, sometimes pay for a funeral, pay your lawyer. All of that is part of estate planning um, and probate. So you find a lot of people are like estate planning and probate. But if I could put it in order, Mm -hmm. estate planning is the planning part. Probate is afterwards, but it all works it's like a marriage oh, together. together. Hmm. But a probate attorney doesn't necessarily do estate planning. Exactly. And an estate planner doesn't necessarily do probate. I do not enjoy probate because I see the mistakes that a lot of people make and how it affects their family. And, you know, I, w- I was having a lot of kids. <laughs> I have four kids. So I was like, I can't even think about, you know, I've had clients <laughs> who have lost children, like a disproportionate a number of clients who have. And I was like, I can't, I, my, my constitution can't take it. Mm-hmm. So I prefer the planning side because everyone mm-hmm. is making decisions and feeling good about it or decent about what mm-hmm. they've decided to do. And I can help them implement it. Me and my team actually so it's great i love it i love it so any final words any one last golden nugget that you would like to leave for the listeners when it comes to what is your legacy that you want to yes there's a cost to your legacy okay and we've talked about all of the costs when it's not done the part I would like to share with people is just like you can plan to go to Disney or you can plan to have a wonderful, um, you know, experience in like a in a dinner. I love I'm a foodie. So I'll go to New York. I want to go to a Michelin star <laughs> restaurant. I want to yes. do the whole thing. There's an investment to estate planning. And it doesn't mean that it has to be expensive. Right. Because there are lawyers who are doing it at all levels, but there's going to be an emotional investment. There's going to be a financial investment. There's going to be an investment of your time. And all these things matter because not doing them, you see the fights and you see the squandering and the sale of properties and the and all of the fallout for not doing that. So I just want to say there's an investment in setting up a legacy. Whatever that investment is for you, know that it, it doesn't necessarily come easy and that the reason many people choose not to do it because they're not prioritizing that as something of value. And and Yes, you may have to think about death and not being around, but that that's an investment you're making for your children's children, right? Mm-hmm. You know, you want to plan for them and and it takes from you to do that. Yeah. Yeah, there's an investment in setting up your legacy, yes. financial, emotional, and time. Yes. 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 What do you have coming up next, Ify? 
Well, I am writing a book on estate planning. I have a literary agent. Her name is Regina Brooke. She is a literary agent. She started one of the largest literary agency that's black owned in the U.S. She's based out of Brooklyn and we're trying to sell my book. (laughs) So uh, we we have it out to several major publishers because I want to normalize estate planning. Um, And and I love to talk about for, for people who are activated, ready to go. You know, I'm not here mm-hmm. to convince people who will not be convinced. That's really not the the crux of my message. But if you want to, and if you just want to know more, I would love to write this resource to help people and a guide to show them what they need to do, who they should go to, how to ask the right questions, how to find a lawyer, how to talk to your family about it, how to tell your community you've done it. And so it's a how-to guide for estate planning for the rest of us. If you're not an old rich white man, it's probably for you. I know that's right. (laughs) (laughs) I know a lot of people who were waiting on that book. Oh, yes. I'm excited. I'm trying to hold out hope because, you know, and there's a window now for anyone listening. If you have a book in you and you're just you just got us place that on your heart. Go write your book. Go sell your book. Don't worry about it. And and that's the, the faith that I'm holding. I don't have a huge platform. I don't have followers that are just, you know you know, all the metrics they put as barriers that Mm. apply to some people, but they don't apply to everybody. Yes. If Mm -hmm. God has told you to write a book, go write your book. Okay. Because there's someone who wants to hear it. And right now is a little golden moment where our voices are being heard in publishing. So if that's something sitting on your computer and you put it away, you put your away your manuscript (laughs) and you are not at peace, please, for whoever this is for, go ahead and write your book pitch it and get a get an agent and sell it i love it and when the book comes out and you're doing your book tour (laughs) and your media stops and your podcast you make sure remember us no because absolutely i will be that (laughs) well am i hearing that. that you're writing a book you oh, you boy. heard right is that a prophetic <laughs> word you heard it, right it, i'm taking it off the shelf are you serious I, that was for you <laughs> that was for me <laughs> really i didn't know don't be so excited <laughs> i am i am no, very excited that was for me it is it is it, god has given me a book. We are still recording. I love the level of accountability. You heard it here first on the Abundant Living <laughs> Podcast. The book that and has been in her belly that she has not told anyone yes. about. Really? Except for a yes. few people. And now yes. there's a level yes. of accountability with you yes. and that a few I others. Did not know. And everybody that's listening yes. that will hold Willa yes. accountable. And when, when I think about what you said about the window of opportunity right now, for those of us in the black community who are writing books. Yeah, this this is the time. This is Listen, the time. just hearing you say that has let me know my book will be sold. I don't know what, <laughs> and how. That's and I right. can't We're figure gonna, it out, but mine too. We're going out together. <laughs> yes. Oh, that is phenomenal. That's a great way to end the week, honestly. Yeah, yeah. Yes. it's a blessing. It's yes. a gift and a blessing. Yeah. And congratulations in advance to you for getting that book Thank out you. of you. Thank you. Congratulations to yourself. I wrote down Regina's name, you know. <laughs> she is a force, okay? Listen. Okay. Well, thank you so much, so much for sharing your time and your wisdom. And yeah. uh, I know our listeners will be blessed. And you heard what she said, ready to act. Mm-hmm. 
because we mm-hmm. we really don't have the window. You don't have actually the window or the or the time to be tr- convinced to get your estate plan together. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah, actually, it's the time to do it is now. Yeah. Period. That's it. It's just in your face just like that the time to do it is now tomorrow's not promised to anyone no and so why when you have the opportunity when you have the moment when the door is open for you to take advantage of it um for you to not do it no you should take advantage of it look for an estate planning attorney in your state Mm -hmm. in your state we will um link a resource in our show notes because we have a very good resource for us actually for African-American um, estate planning attorneys that are all across the country. And I think this is a okay. document that gets um, updated on a regular basis. We can put that link in our show notes. We'll put all of Ify's information in our show notes. If you're in Texas, please make sure that you reach out, but reach, reach out, out and be her. ready. Yeah. Be yes. ready. And if you're not ready, I got resources too. I know that's start, right. Start learning. <laughs> There, there are people who I have, um, and I know we're winding up. I just love talking to y'all, but there are people who have come to work with me that had to hear it first and then plan for it. There is no shame in that. No. You know, no. it's not an inexpensive process. I just want you to know. But when the mm-hmm. ones that are like, I'll be back in six months, they do. They're like, oh, I'll be back. So listen, I'm, I plan to be here until it's my time to go. So. Well, yeah. I tell you what, if you work with, if you live in Texas and you work with us, you'll, you'll show up ready. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. Please do. <laughs> I prefer right. it. Yeah. All right. Thank you again so Thank you much. So we truly much. appreciate you. Thank you so much. And I hope you both have a wonderful rest of your day. You too. And we, we can't shall. wait to hear about you the book. take care. I know. Me too. <laughs> <laughs> you will. That was for Willa. <laughs> right. I, <know. laughs> I got it. All Thank right. Bye. Bye. Bye-bye. You have just listened to another episode of the Abundant Living Podcast. We truly hope you enjoyed it. We would love to connect with you on our social media pages. Instagram at MyTFCoach and on Facebook at MyTFCoach. Also, please don't forget to start your financial journey by downloading our free resource. Our four-phase financial transformation blueprint is available at www.mytfcoach.com forward slash blueprint. This starter guide will take you through each of the four phases of financial transformation to get you thinking about all the things that you need to do in each phase. If you have any questions or would like to connect with us, you could also book a focus session online at mytfcoach.com. Remember, manage your money confidently, love life, and live abundantly.